people. We thank you for your worship this morning, praising the Lord together. Welcome, everyone. At this time, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our uh, teen class and our kids class, and they can go ahead and be prepared downstairs. Thank you, praise team, for ushering in the presence of the Lord here today. We go ahead and turn our Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy. We're going to look at uh, Deuteronomy 31. A couple of familiar passages here. I'm going to grab my water before I start. We'll be in trouble. <laughs> Deuteronomy 31 and 8. I am uh, thankful, again, as we mentioned, this whole, uh, this is a 4th of July weekend. Thankful for the freedoms that we are bestowed by uh, by our government, but mostly by our God here today. Um, I'm also thankful that I have the, the freedom not to actually preach about freedom this morning. <laughs> I've been thinking about this message for a little while. It's been permeating on my heart and, and something that I think that the uh, that the church needed to hear, the church needed to be benefited from. Um, and I was supposed to be preaching at the end of the month. The pastor said, well, I'm going to be out of town. Can we go ahead and switch? It's like, well, for such a time as this, this is the message, Lord, that you want to bring before the congregation today. But I pray that you be with us today and let the Lord move here. So Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go with thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Also in 1 Peter 5 and 7, just a real brief, uh, brief scripture says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. For he careth for you. This morning, I just want to talk for a few minutes and talk about a brief subject just called God Loves the Lonely. God loves the lonely. Can we just pray here together before the service? Heavenly Father, I pray as we go into this message, Lord, that, that your words may be my words, God, and that hearts and minds here will be open to receive your word and to know, God, that you see them, Lord Jesus, even in the times of darkness, even in times of loneliness, God, that you are right there beside them, Lord Jesus, that you would never leave them nor forsake them. I pray that you would preside over the rest of this service, God, that your will may be complete in this heart, that hearts would be drawn towards you, that lives would be restored in the house here this morning, and we give you all the praise, all the glory and the honor in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray this morning. And let the church say amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord. I ask you this morning, if I was to ask this congregation by a show of hands, how many of you have ever felt lonely in your life? I can say with about 99.999% certainty that every hand in this house would raise, or should raise. If you didn't raise your hand, you're probably lying to yourself, and that's not a good way to start this sermon. So if you just thought, no, that's not me, no, that's probably you. That's probably you. We all do at some point in, the, in our lives that we feel this loneliness. Loneliness is a very complex emotion because there's varying kinds, there's varying durations of it as well that we might experience in our lives. Some might feel loneliness for a few hours. Maybe some, a situation happened and they're just, they feel all alone, feel that no one's there. It may last for a few hours. While so for some others, it may last for a few minutes, a few months, or maybe even a few years, it seems. It's described as an unpleasant emotional response to a perceived isolation, a perceived isolation. It's often associated with an unwanted lack of connection, an unwanted lack of connection and intimacy. And loneliness can overlap, but it's also very distinct from solitude. Some people think, well, I'm just being by myself. I'm, I'm no one around. I'm in solitude. No, well, solitude can also include loneliness, 
But solitude in and of itself is not always a bad thing. It can, it can lead to some great things. Uh, it's, uh, solitude is simply the state of being apart from everyone else. We see in the Bible many times Jesus was in a place of solitude. He'd be in a place of solitude where he would go and he'd be away from the crowds or he'd be away from his disciples or he'd be away for a little bit just to be alone and for solitude. I'm sure some of us, I know, have uh, prayed for a moment of solitude. And those people are called parents. Uh, it's described, you know, that uh, there's times when you may want to eat one of your snacks by yourself and you don't feel like sharing. You pray for solitude. Leave me alone. But I digress. <laughs> So solitude doesn't always have to lead to loneliness. The bottom line is not everyone experiences loneliness in the same way. It's that same feeling, but it's by different situations that it brings it upon. However, many times when we try to struggle with this, and it's a, a, it's, first of all, I want to make sure it's not a sin to feel lonely. I want to make sure some people see, oh, if I'm feeling this way, that, God, I, I've done something wrong, or there must be something wrong with it. No, that's not the case. That's a human emotion that we, that we deal with. Many times we try to struggle to carry it, but we carry the load all by ourselves. We feel, you know, I'm, I'm strong enough to do this. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I love God. I can, I can carry this on my own. But God said, no, I didn't mean for you to do that. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to be by yourself. And I mean that you have to be alone. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Jesus tells all who labor and heavy laden that those that become weighted down from the frustrations of life, they feel like they're all alone to come to him. Because only he can give us that rest by taking the load off our shoulders. There are things that, that I'm sure that are in uh, self-help books. There are things that, are, that uh, counselors can tell us to do. And I'm not knocking any of those things. There can be uh, real physical things that can help to alleviate some of those, uh, that loneliness that we may feel inside. But sometimes at the root of it, sometimes the loneliness that this world feeds, or that sometimes we as Christians feel at the root of it, it's God feeling feel that hole in our heart. Feel that, that being that, that emotion that draws us to him. So we're longing for something. We just can't sometimes figure out what it is. Maybe we need to check our prayer life. We need to check reading the word. Have we been in the word recently? Have I, Lord, have I, have I kind of distanced ourselves from you? There's something that, but God wants you to load today. He loves the lonely. And I know this morning I'm preaching to a group of Christians that are here today. Mostly of us here are born again put down in the water just like a brother Isaiah was speaking in other tongues. We have been filled with his spirit. But let me tell you this today, just because we're Christians, that doesn't mean we don't get lonely. If you think that you're alone and feeling your loneliness, you're not this morning. We feel that as a human emotion. You know, as Christians go through some of that, this one, the, what I want to explain here just a little bit, it may seem rudimentary to some. Say, like, oh, I've heard this tons of times. I may have heard that, you know, this is what I was raised on, right? But I'm just saying that sometimes we can be so close to the forest that you can't see the trees. That sometimes where loneliness gets you to. Sometimes, you know, the thing, the rationalization things that you've known in your head, God, I know you've you said these things, but I just, I, just, I just don't believe them anymore. I want to reiterate that God has a plan for each and every one of us here this morning. And I also want to let you know I don't have a one-size-fits-all cure for loneliness. I want to make sure I'm clear on that. I'm sure if any counselor or preacher had that, they would have been making millions and millions of dollars and be famous worldwide. That's, there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to this. But what we do have, what we do have is the Word of God. What we do have is something we can stand on. If we believe that this word is true, if we believe that his promises are true, that we walk in these promises, I think God has some things for us here today that we can look at. Amen? 
So number one, I, I realize, I think we need to realize that God understands what it means to be lonely. God understands what it means to be lonely. Jesus understands the full breadth of human loneliness because he experienced it himself when he was in human form. In Matthew 26, 36 through 45, it talks about the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. I want to read quickly through these. It says, when then cometh Jesus into the place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. For those of you that may not be familiar with this story, this is talking about right before Jesus is crucified. He knows that it's coming. He knows he's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried. He's going to be crucified. And he has some time in the garden with his disciples. Verse 37 says, he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, which was his inner circle. And he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He said unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Not, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. That in and of itself is a message all unto itself. Lord, not as I will, but as thou wilt. In those times of desperation, those times of loneliness, God, not, nevertheless, not what is my will, but thy will be done. He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them sleeping. And he said unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me for one hour? For one hour? He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, oh, my God, oh, my Father, this cup may not pass from me except I drink it. Thy will be done. And he came and he found himself again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I can only imagine what Jesus must have felt in that garden. He's been with these disciples for three and a half years, mentoring them, pouring into them, teaching them. They've seen miracles. They've seen God do all these miraculous things. And this one point, Jesus' humanity, he needed his disciples. He needed them. Most of the time it's the other way, right? Most of the other times they were needing a lot more from Jesus than what Jesus was needing from them. But at this point... He needed something from them. He asked only just one hour of prayer, but instead of praying, they fell asleep. He came and pleaded with them the second time. You know, come on, pray with me. You just pray with me. My soul is heavy. My soul is heavy. But once again, they fell asleep. Their eyes were heavy. When Jesus was in his darkest times, he could have used some human support at that point. His closest followers could not even give that to him. He was arrested. He was accused, beaten, and crucified for our sins, which only he could do. And he knew that. That's why he said, let, my, let thy will be done, not mine. Because his, his flesh did not want to die. He was all human, all man, all God. His flesh did not want to die. But he cried out in Matthew 27, 46, when he's on the cross. He hears his humanity crying out, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Anybody ever felt like that before? In the dark times, you look at God, you say, God, have you forsaken me during this time? God, are you, are you even here anymore, God? Jesus knows what it meant to be lonely. He knew what it meant to feel that pain. And the writer of Hebrews also clearly points us out. It says in Hebrews 2, 14 through, 14 through 17, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same 
that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the, the nature of angels. He didn't become an angel. He wasn't a heavenly being that came down. Was it pervious to all of our fears, all of our hurts? No. He took on the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things, everyone say, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of people. In all things, it behooved him to become like us. God understands what it means to be lonely. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Seeing then that we have such a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, meaning we do have a high priest that can be reached with the feelings of our infirmities, and find grace to help in the time of need. But he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus felt all of our human emotions in his earthly flesh. He felt the same things. He was tempted in the same ways that were tempted, yet he didn't sin. There's a series that's out there today. Which have, have anyone seen The Chosen? Anyone heard of the show called The Chosen? A few of you have. So for those of you that have not, I highly recommend it. It's free to watch. They have an app. There's a website. Um, and really it is a, it's a series that is crowdsourced to show the life of Christ. And in my opinion, it is one of the, if not the best portrayal of Jesus that I've ever seen in, in media. It's crowdsourced, so they don't have to have Hollywood money. People donate, and they are actually able to make it to, to show um, the, the life of Christ. Um, it's, it's, I really recommend it. But they're, they're in the third season, working on their fourth season. But one of the, the greatest things that, that, I, that I've seen that shows, I've watched and I've kind of thought about it, when we read the Gospels, it's very easy for us to, to read the works that God did, or that Jesus did in, in the Gospels. We can see how he ministers to people. We can see the wonderful things that he does. But it's very easy for us to miss his humanity, to miss his humanity. We, it shows things when he ministers to someone, when there were people are lined out for days on end, he's ministering, he comes back, he's exhausted from ministering to people, and you can see the weariness that he felt as he went and rested. We don't always think about that. We don't think about the sorrow that he feels when he's ministering to people and they choose not to follow him, and kind of that, that disappointment or that sorrow that he feels, even though he's trying to reach them, they have free will, right? He's not going to force anybody to come to him, but he feels that sorrow that's on him because they didn't believe in what he was saying. That humanity, I believe, that it draws us close. He understands what we feel. In times of celebration, he would laugh with his disciples. It's a good reminder that Jesus is God in the flesh, and he knows where we are. He knows what we felt. God understands. Number two, I think it's important that we realize that not only does he understand the feelings and the emotions that we go through, God understands that there, he is there in the loneliness. He is there in the loneliness. What does that mean? It means in Ezekiel 48, 35, he gives us an importance for the name of God. It's Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. The Lord is there. It speaks of his omnipresence, which is his ability to be everywhere at once. You can't run away from God. <laughs> Many have tried. <laughs> Many in the Bible have tried to run away from God, but God still finds him. He still tries to say, God, I don't want you to. I'm going to go to the farthest ends of the earth. And God says, no, I see you. I'm going to bring people into your life. I'm going to remind you that I'm still here. You can't run away from an almighty God. He is there. He is there when you need him. 
I love, for if you're feeling this this morning, if you're feeling loneliness, this psalm is one of my favorite psalms that's, in the, that, that's been written out just because it shows just this point that I'm talking about. Psalms 139, I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. I'm going to read it in the New Living, uh, New Living Translation because <clears throat> I think it has some good, uh, good uh, references, I should say, or, or good words that it ex- describes it. Easier to understand sometimes than King James. But it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. It doesn't matter. He's still there. But even in the darkness, even in our darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light, they are the same to you. You are all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, even before we were born. Even as we were being formed, as the cells were coming together, God still saw us. He saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. Even if I count, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. He's always there. You cannot hide from the Lord. Psalms 91.15 says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. This is the Lord speaking. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Sometimes when we call on our, maybe our best friend, maybe we call on our spouse or family, hey, I'm, I'm going through the hard time. Ring, 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 ring. Ring, 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 ring. The person you're trying to reach does not have a voicemail that's set up yet. <laughs> they don't pick up the phone. If you're calling me late at night, my, my normally sleep is on, so you're, you're probably not going to get through to me. I need to turn that off. I really do. <laughs> okay, someone needs that. But <clears throat> there is, it seems that when we need somebody the most, we try to make a call, try to get a hold of someone. It's not always there. It's because we're humans. We don't understand the need that you may be going through at that time. You may need to talk to us. We don't know why you need to talk to us. But guess what? God is not the same way. God is never the same way. If you're needing him this morning, you can call on him. If you're needing him to refill your spirit, you can call on him. He is always there. He's closest as the mention of your name. No matter if friends have written you off, doesn't matter. No matter if friends or family have, have deserted you, have left you, it doesn't matter. No matter if life has thrown you a curveball and you didn't understand what's happening in your life, it doesn't matter. Society puts you underfoot. Society says that you're worthless. doesn't matter. God is still there. He is still there with you through all of it, through all the pain, through all the loneliness, through all of the turmoil. Even when it doesn't feel like it, God is still there. I've read a story when I was preparing for this sermon. I don't know if it's true or not. It's an interesting illustration. But it, <clears throat> it made me think about the, uh, this exact point 
It says uh, one tribe of Native Americans had a unique practice. Well, Jeff, you can say whether this is true or not. <laughs> On the night of a boy's 13th birthday, he was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night there alone as for training. He's become a man. Until then, he had never been away from the security of his family or his tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded. He was taken miles away. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of thick woods all around him, all night long, by himself. Every time a, a twig would snap, he probably visualized a wild animal lurking around, ready to pounce on him. Every time an animal howled, I'm sure he imagined a wolf leaping out of the darkness at him as they searched for him in the darkness. Every time the wind blew, he wondered what more sinister things were coming his way. No doubt it would be a terrifying night for many. After what seemed an eternity throughout the night in the darkness, the first rays of sunlight shone through into the interior of the forest. Looking around, he started to see, oh, there's, there's flowers here. There's some trees that are here. And the outline of a path, I can, I can find my way out of it. But then, to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few meters away, armed with a bow and an arrow. It was this boy's father. He had been there all night, watching over him, watching to see that he was protected, to see if they would be able to survive the night. God's in that exact same way. If we're in the middle of our forest, we're in the middle of our darkness, we can't see the flowers, we can't see the trees, we just see darkness. He's standing there ready with a host of angels. He doesn't even need the host of angels, but he has them to minister to us. That he's ready to prepare to fight for you in your darkest times because he knows what I feel, what, he, what it feels to be lonely. He makes this promise. Now I said, if we, the promise in the word of God, if it's in here, we believe it, amen. He makes this promise and says in Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. God stays with us when no one else does. When no one else does. Paul knew this as much when he wrote to Timothy. First, second Timothy 4, 16 through 17, it says, at my first answer, no man stood with me. All men forsake me. But I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by the preaching might be fully known that all the Gentiles might hear that I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. I know many of you know Paul's story. Paul saw some things in his life. <laughs> There's a whole section where he talks about I was stoned, I was shipwrecked, I was beaten, I was arrested. All these things happened to Paul. Paul saying, all, no man stood with me. No man, no man was by my side, but God stood with me because he knew the hardship that he was going through. Jesus spent quite a bit of time, as I mentioned, ministering to the isolated, to the lonely, to the ashamed. The man at the pool, Bethesda, he had nobody with him to carry him into the pool. He was by himself. The lepers had been banished on the outside. They weren't allowed into the interior. They weren't allowed to come to the church potluck. You know, they weren't allowed to be around others in human society. They were outcast. The demoniacs, they were chained up in graveyards. They weren't accepted by society. They weren't accepted by their fellow humans. But guess what? That's who God suck out. That's who God looked out and said, hey, I need them. They need me. I can minister to them in their darkest times. 
the woman at the well. They were on their way to Samaria, and God had said, you know what? Jesus said, I have a divine appointment. I'm going to go meet someone at the well. You guys go ahead. I'm going to sit at the well. He purposely encountered a lonely woman. He purposely encountered the outcast of society. She had a bad reputation. She was uh, totally disconnected from social activities. That's why she was there in the heat of the day. He's like, why don't you come with all the rest of the women in the morning Wait, no, when everyone else comes? He already knew the answer to it, but she, no, she, she knew that she had been an outcast from society. She had a reputation. Jesus decided, though, to deal with her and her loneliness. And he was so, so excited after that. She told everyone, come and see a man which told me all things that I did. Is this not the Christ? He wants to bear her burden, too. He wanted to bear her burden. He said, even though, yes, you've been married to the person that you're with now, he's not even your husband. I know that. I know all these things. But come with me. Let me give you rest. Let me give you a time of rest. He wants to bear your burdens. Amen? Finally, number three, realize that God has placed each and every one of us in a family here to help fight off that loneliness. As we know, God is our father. Amen? The church is our spiritual family. I saw a church sign recently that said, our church family is like fudge. It's mostly sweet and got a couple nuts. So it may not be the perfect family, but who's, honestly, whose family is? Amen. I'm sure everyone else can raise their hands. That's not my family. My, my family's crazy. <laughs> but we are a family nonetheless. We're not just a bunch of people that just come together. We are a family that's here that's supposed to minister. In Ephesians 2, 19, Paul says, Therefore, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God. So every Christian has brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you don't feel you consider yourself this morning, you're here, and I don't really, I don't really fit in, I don't consider myself a Christian, I don't have a family, well, guess what? Look around. This can be your family as well. This here today can be your family. You can find a place of belonging, a place to fill that void here today. Amen? Galatians 6.2 says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. He's telling us, church family, we have to bear one another's burdens. Because what if you're carrying it all by yourself, guess what? It gets really heavy. It gets really heavy trying to do it by yourself. But if we can bear one another's burdens, it helps lift that. It can be much lighter. Romans 12.10, we are to be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Seems without saying, we should show love to one another. Amen? It should show kindness to one another. Loneliness can make you feel like no one cares. It makes you feel that there's really no one around. We can break that illusion by a kind word. By an encouraging word to someone, you can show that there are people that care here today. Amen. James 5.16, confess your faults one another and, what does it say? Pray for one another. Pray for one another. This goes on saying the church family should pray for one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another. We should encourage one another as a place, as, this, as a church, they say the church is a hospital. We are here to encourage one another. The church should be a place where we love, we serve, we help, we care, and we mostly we pray for one another, just as we did for our brother Caleb. Amen. We may not be going to the same places that he's going, but we can pray for him. 
We can pray for him that God protects him. We not be able to go to some of the areas in the, in, at your job and your workplace and, and encounter the people that you made, or like Brother Xander at your college. We can't be at your college with you. It'd be nice, right? We could all just hang out together, just travel with you to classes. Yeah, it'd be fun. We can't all do that. This is my family. Join with us. <laughs> we can't do that. But we can be there for one another. We can pray for our brothers. We can support one another. Amen? In order for the, uh, sorry, <clears throat> for the church to be able to pray, we have to be able to do our job, and that alleviates some of that burden that waits on us, the loneliness that our members battle here today. Like I said, I felt this in my spirit. I don't know who this message is for today, but I just want you to know God loves the lonely. He understands. He's there, and the church is here as well. We are the hands and the feet of God. He is the head, but we are the hands and feet. Shall we all stand this morning? I do want to say as a side note, this is a side note. Don't take this the wrong way. And a side note, <laughs> for the church family to be able to minister to you, it does help if you join in the fellowship of the church. This may mean coming to church a little early. Maybe stay a little bit late, get to, fo to socialize with another, or come to some of the events, this messy party that's coming up for C29. You know, you're, if you want to be a, a part of that fellowship, socialize with one another. Uh, we can't have people saying, well, no one ever talks to me. But before the amen's done, your behind's already in the car, you're on the way home. <laughs> just saying, just saying. It helps if we can socialize with you. We want to be able to talk to you, be able to pray with you. Amen. We want to be with you. God's with you. Proverbs 8.24 says, a man that finds friends must show himself friendly. You're feeling that we don't have any friends here today? You're feeling that, no, have you, have you reached out a hand? Have we also lent ourselves to be friendly to other people as well? Can God show that there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, which is our God? We have to do our part. Finally, number four, we have to be able to accept the love and the support of God. So how do, we, how do we do that to finally to combat loneliness? How do we do that first, as we mentioned, to accept his word? Where his love and support comes through? It comes through his word this morning. It comes through his word. Second, it comes from the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost today, you can receive the Holy Ghost. But his spirit is a comforter to us. His spirit is a comforter to us when our dark times, his spirit lives inside of us. We can be comforted. In John 14, 16 through 18, says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and ye shall be in him. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it's God's spirit living inside of us. His spirit can comfort us even in the darkest of times. Lastly, as I mentioned, it's his people here today. I already talked about this earlier, but God shows his love to man through us. Through our hands, through our feet, we can minister to this world. To that effect, this morning, I want to do something a little bit different. It's not scary, I promise. It's not scary, just a little bit different. What I'm going to ask this morning, I just want to ask if everyone can come to the front. But what I'm going to ask you is if all our ladies, if our ladies could come over to my right, your left on this side, and if all of our gentlemen could come to this side here this morning, this is just an invite to everyone. This is not going to be singling anybody out, I promise. It's not, it's not anything bad, but we are, the, we are the church here today, amen? I'm going to ask all my gentlemen to come over here, all my ladies on this side as well, if you would just come to this morning. 
doesn't matter if you're a saint, if you're a sinner, if you're a child, if you're a human. Would you please come on up? Come on, move forward so other ones can get a front. If you have a hard time sitting, we have the front rows here available for you as well. So we know that I don't want to hurt anybody while you're standing here. Let's go and move in forward so we can have the ladies all fill and say the gentlemen on this side. We have a wonderful church here today. <laughs> if you take a look around you, as I said, this is your church family. This is what God's love looks like. It's showing us wonder. What I'm going to ask here today is when we're going to have the praise singers sing in just a moment. But what I'm going to ask for you today is I'm going to ask for our men. I ask you to pray with our men. I want you to pray together with one another. I want to ask you, ask them, is there something I can pray with you for? We don't know everything that's going through in everyone's life. We don't know that. If they know there's nothing they can pray for, pray for God's blessings in their lives. If it's someone that you've never prayed for before, that's even better. Join together. Ladies, same thing. You find someone to pray with, see if there's something that we can do. All this morning, I just want us to minister to one another. By ministering, God can bless us. By ministering, we can pray for one another. So as they sing the song here this morning, let's join hands. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift up into the Lord and let's pray for one another. Pray that if you're feeling that feeling of loneliness, that we can say, God, I'm here. Let me be here for my brother. Let me stand fast for my brother this morning. Whatever it may be, let know that I am here for them. I'm here for my sister this morning, God. I'm here for my sister in the times when she feels no one else is around, when she feels that we're in the darkest places. Let's minister, let's pray for one another this morning. When you get done praying, find someone else to pray with. Let them know I love you. Let them know that I'm here for you, brother. I want to pray for your needs in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 